Yeah, your garage van's different than mine. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Well, this is uh, version <laughs> 10.0.3. Mine's probably like nine something. How do you find out the version? About, yep. Six. Six. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're a little behind. <laughs> Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or TheBourbonConcierge.com, and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. And they're off for another Give 270-2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at Give270.org. Charitable Gaming License ORG 0002703. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. Do you ever pour yourself a bourbon, swirl it around, and then start struggling to come up with tasting notes? And perhaps you're also looking for a good Father's Day gift idea. Well, you can now solve both with a kit from Nose Your Bourbon. And unlike other nosing kits on the market, Nose Your Bourbon kits feature real ingredients for the most authentic aromas. You can smell real Tahitian vanilla bean, instead of some synthetic aroma that's just made from chemicals. So head on over to noseyourbourbon.com and enter code BP10 for 10% off your order. Bringing to you the best stories from icons in the bourbon industry, it's Bourbon Pursuit. Now here are your hosts, Ryan and Kenny. We're back with another episode of the Bourbon Pursuit Podcast. As always, I'm joined by my partner in crime, Ryan. How you doing today, buddy? Doing great. Doing great. Uh, you know, we're out here hunting for some Elijah Craig barrel proof, waiting on a semi-truck to get in. So <laughs> That's thought, true. Well, you know, why not just let's record a... Uh, you know, some podcast. It's it's a it's an excuse for us to try to get some some backlog homework done. You know, we we did an interview. I should say that Ryan over here did an interview with Mike Sani over at Heaven Hill, and uh, we wanted to kind of preface it a little bit more with some information about kind of what's going on with Heaven Hill, what's going on with their journey and the boom that that they're kind of seeing. So, as as Ryan kind of said, we're sitting here at a liquor barn 
literally waiting for a truck, a semi-truck to come with the delivery because we've already found out. How many bottles did they say they have? Uh, they said they're getting three bottles in and there's two of us. So <laughs> so one other lucky person is going to come here. But I mean, you got to think when I, when you think about Elijah Craig Barrel Proof, right? There's a lot of things that we see on Twitter and Facebook. I mean, there's a lot of different Elijah Craig Barrel Proofs that are actually out there. I was honestly kind of flabbergasted a little bit to kind of see that some of the biggest liquor stores in Louisville are only getting three bottles a piece. Yeah, that, that's insane. Uh, I guess it has to say how much demand there is for the product, I guess, nationwide. But you would think that the biggest buyers here in Louisville would get a little bit more help. But hey, you know, there's always that that argument to say that, you know, more of the bourbon needs to stay closer in Kentucky because, you know, even when we talk to some other people that they'll go and there'll be nice bottles of bourbons that sit on the shelves for, for months on end. And, you know, I, I, I definitely believe that we need to share the wealth and share what we have in Kentucky and be able to uh, give that experience to people outside. But it, it is hard to kind of see that even when the stuff's in your own backyard, it's impossible to find. Yeah. And I think too, uh, I was talking to my contacts at Heaven Hill the other day and there's just a shortage of, you know, just regular Elijah Craig. They're they're anticipating a big shortage on that later this year and on Larceny um, just because the demand for those products has been through the roof. So that's probably, you know, reducing the allotment of barrel proof because obviously you have shorter supply when you're just uh, pulling straight from the barrel without cutting it with water. So that, that could be the reason too. It definitely could be. But at the same time, you know, you got to understand that they're, they've got, we always we always hear it right it's it's the one the one big line and quote that you see on t-shirts you see it on marketing campaigns that there are more barrels of bourbon aging in Kentucky than there are people and horses combined yeah that that, that is they always said but I guess the that was the barrels that are there now probably were just made so I think <laughs> Heaven Hill just recently filled their seventh millionth barrel and uh yeah I think it's just hard I guess because they have to prepare 10 to 12 years from now what they're demands are going to be. So they probably just didn't anticipate it uh, being this crazy. That's very true. That's very true. You know, we've, we've talked to a few different master distillers through different means and they've basically, I mean, when we talked to Harlan at the, the legend series, you know, he's basically said that their allocation for Pappy Van Winkle, it's already basically done up until 2037. Right. Like they've, they've, the barrels are out, they're away, they're aging and they've just got to do their thing. And then next year they plan for 2038. And I think, you know, you own your own business, like forecasting is definitely a, a very hard thing to do, especially in an industry that, you know, is going through a, such a, a huge boom. And how do you sit there and think, well, is this a fad? Is it going to be over soon? Do we need to start making our own vodka to <laughs> maybe, you know, shim something else in there into our portfolio? Yeah, it's kind of, well, in my own business, it's hard just to forecast for from six to 12 months or, you know, a year. It's hard to just like... Predict, so I can't even imagine. I think one good thing about Heaven Hill is they're pretty. Uh, uh, I guess they're diversified in their whole portfolio. Their their number one product is actually Burnett's vodka is uh, their number one. Evan Williams is closely second now, but uh, they got rums, vodkas, uh, cordials. They got brandies. Uh, you name it. They they're pretty well diversified. So if there is, uh, you know, a reduction in bourbon, I think they'll be okay. That's true. And you, you said a fact as well before we started this about what how much uh, Evan Williams has gone out as of this point. So what was that again? Yeah. So 
so far this year, they've shipped out 900,175 bottles. Um, that's pretty crazy. Uh, and we're only in mid-February. Uh, and most of this is going uh, to uh, Western Europe, or not Western, sorry, Eastern Europe and uh, Australia um, is really just really demanding the, their mm-hmm. products and stuff. But uh, yeah, it's insane. Like when we, we toured together the bottling facility and Mike um, was able to give me a tour also, one thing you walk in Heaven Hill, you just immediately know is the scale of how big the the production is. Um, we were there and they we watched them filling up some JW Dant bottles and there was probably – 3,000 to 4,000 bottles filled within a couple minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it was it was amazing to kind of see the automation that goes in. And, you know, for anybody else that, that comes and experiences a, a bourbon trail tour here in Kentucky and, and you go and visit these distilleries, I would definitely encourage you to go and visit a micro distillery or one of the ones that are on the craft distillery tour as as well as going and seeing one of the the big shops, right? You know, the big shops of Makers and Heaven Hill and all these people that everything is completely automated. Everything is done through machines and robots. I mean, literally, we saw robots picking and moving pallets and empty bottles and all these different things that were actually happening inside of Heaven Hill, right? So it was impressive to really see. But then you go to maybe like Limestone Branch where they are going to eventually make bourbon, but right now they're just making... Um, you know, white dog, moonshine, whatever, wow. because it's, you know, you can make it today and you can sell it tomorrow. It's an easy way to get in the business and that's what they're doing. And every single thing they do, they, their warehouse is probably, uh, or should I say their whole, their whole operation? I don't know, maybe 2000 square feet, if that. <laughs> yeah. And it's amazing to kind of see the difference in size and scale, what somebody can put out as well as the ability to see that, oh, well, everything there is hand-bottled, hand-labeled, um, whereas, as you can see in Heaven Hill, I mean, they have such a massive production that it has to be automated. There's no way you could do that. And yeah. it was it was definitely interesting to also see when we were looking at the bottling line to, to just see the automation between all the different types of bottles, right? Because you have to think if I've got uh, I've got glass, I've got 1.75s, I've got all these different types of things. You know, how do you, how do you build the automation around that? So, yeah, it, it kind of looked like a, like a Ford manufacturing plant in there instead of, I was, it was impressive, but they do still, the cool thing too is like their small batches and single barrels, they still do hand bottle and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, do the hand dipping and so forth. But, you it, know, yeah, it was kind of funny. That was like almost like it was. It was a little. It was, it was, it was like a. It was like a foldout table. Like a fold. It was like two foldout tables stuck together, and they were like, "This is where we actually bottle Henry McKenna." Yeah, like all their Elijah Craig, Henry McKenna, the Evan Williams Singleberg, all their high end stuff. Uh, yeah, they they still hand bottle, which is kind of cool. But uh, yeah, it was definitely two little, <laughs> not very like a ten to fifteen foot line of. Whereas, I mean, there's fifteen acres of bottling and warehouse facilities on in that in that uh, whole facility. But um, yeah, it, it was crazy. Yeah, that was one thing that I, I also found very uh, intriguing when I was there. You know, you think Heaven Hill, the first thing that comes to your mind is, oh, well, bourbon, right? I mean, you've got Heaven Hill, you got Evan Williams and Parker Elijah Craig and, and all these things. And then you walk in, you're like, you smell, you smell caramel and you smell rum and you smell blueberry. You smell green apple. Yep. And you're like, wait a second, what's going on here? And there's literally like, I mean, I don't know. Did you ever watch Breaking Bad? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you know, like the barrels of methylamine that he used yeah. to have. Yeah. There's literally barrels 
filled with flavoring profiles. As that far they as use. you can see. I mean, oh, yeah. And those are used to, to make flavored rums and to all these kind of things. Like they do, they do a wide range of alcohols there, not just bourbon, which I thought was um, a little bit different because I, I don't know how many other different distilleries around here actually do that as well. Yeah, it's, I think Mike told me when I was there that they average about 750,000 cases of just all products every two weeks that they uh, ship out, that they bottle and ship out. So it's, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, that was, that was kind of funny. You know, we had somebody else that gave us a tour and he said, what we do in about a day is what most distilleries do in about three months. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And the, and they have to pay so much. I think their taxes is like $13 million a, a week or something, you know, for the, Every for every amount you barrel or bottle, there's I can't remember the exact amount, but it was something crazy like that. But um, yeah, the interview unfortunately you couldn't make it. But Mike, uh, we'll talk a little bit about Mike. He was a he's the head taster, um, and head of quality control for the bourbons, um, and vodka department at Heaven Hill. He uh, assists Parker, Beam, and now their new uh, master distiller, Denny Potter. He kind of helps them in just, you know, tasting the bourbons and uh, making sure that it meets the quality up to their standards. So it's pretty interesting to see kind of how he's evolved through the company. I think he started 30 years ago and how he's, you know, from the beginning to now. And he's gone through the booms and the downswings and everything. So it was interesting to to get his take on, you know, what goes into finding or what is the creates a good bourbon yeah i think it's gonna it's a definitely a very interesting interview that you did with him just because of the way that that he learned from his mentors over time how his flavor palettes definitely changed all these different things and and how how it it is kind of uh, interesting to kind of see that you know the the master distillers aren't the only ones that are sitting there tasting the bourbons and making sure they're the only ones going out right so there's always people behind the scenes that don't get the recognition and love that, that of course the people that are in front of the magazines and had had the headshots and are invited to go to, you know, sign autographs and on their bottles and stuff like that. But there's a lot more people that are making it happen behind the scenes. And, and Mike is definitely one of those guys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, yeah, it is amazing what all goes into the production of barrel, uh, from bottling to barrel to, you know, just the whole production of bourbon. It, there's, a lot of integral parts. I mean, in Heaven Hill, they employ over 300 people. And uh, in Bardstown, I mean, you know, Heaven Hill, Makers Mark, and Jim Beam, really, you know, they are the economy. And uh, it's kind of interesting to see how much is involved in, uh, you know, this process. So Mike kind of breaks it down for us and uh, gives us some good insight, you know, behind the scenes of what, you know, goes on a day-to-day -day basis at Heaven Hill. Well, good deal. Now, here's the interview with Ryan and Mike. Thanks, guys. If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon. The farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S.com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point-of-sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, 
Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's point-of-sale Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. I had the privilege today to be with uh, Mike Sawney here at Heaven Hill Distillery. How you doing, Mike? Doing fine. Uh, Mike and I just went through a tour of uh, bottling to... Uh, from the barrel to the bottling is really neat, and I really appreciate you taking the time to do that. So, uh, anyways, I'd kind of talk about what you do on a day-to-day basis here at Heaven Hill. Well, uh, main job, tasting bourbon. Uh, when we dump into storage tanks for the bulk, bulk loads, I will taste those when I get a, a batch dump. All the individual stuff, uh, Larceny, Elijah Craig, that type of thing, I'll taste those. Uh, those are done as individual dumps, whereas the, the two and three and four-year-old that we chip out bulk and so on is done in a storage tank. But the Evan Williams, Larceny, Liza Craig, myself, and one of the lab technicians will taste everything uh, as it's processed and get it ready for bottling. Awesome, awesome. So, like, typical day for you guys, y'all, you know, what time you get started? Get here about a quarter after seven and leave whenever you get done. <laughs> leave whenever you get done. I'm sure there's always product to be tasting with the boom going on right now. Right. Of course, there's all the other products besides the bourbon that we have to taste too. Right. Exactly. What's a uh, what is your favorite product of Heaven Hill? Probably right now the Larceny. I'm real excited about the Larceny. Larceny. That's new. And uh, I talked to you about it before. Can you kind of give us a story behind Larceny? And- Larceny is a weeded bourbon. Um, the old Fitzgerald that we do is a weeded bourbon, and we had some older inventory of weeded bourbon in the barrel warehouses, so we uh, uh, started larceny from the older uh, weeded bourbon we had. Gotcha. Um, so it, it's so it's different from old Fitzgerald's, but uh, it's... In age. In age, in age, gotcha. Right. But it's uh, kind of the same. Right. Gotcha. Same, same, same mash Got Gotcha. Using wheat instead of rye for the small grain. Um. You know, we were talking earlier about your, how you got started in Heaven Hill and, like, kind of had the changes. Can you kind of talk about that, where you started and now to where you are now? Well, I basically started out in processing where we actually do everything and uh, was interested in the quality and so on and uh, had the opportunity to get into quality control, uh, which led me to the road of tasting the bourbons and uh, uh, was very I do a good job at it, basically. <laughs> Did you have a mentor or anybody that kind of trained you, say, here's what you need to be looking for? There was a couple of old guys that were here that are now gone that, that were uh, the tasters back then. Uh, uh, basically, on bourbon, uh, people have that that ability to taste the different ages, right. the different nuances of the bourbon. Um, when we do 
say we do taste tests, like we're getting ready to do out here in the research development lab now on a product. Uh, we kind of pick out employees. I know employees that are good with bourbon. I know good employees that are good with gin or vodka or something like that. So we kind of pick the employees. So there's uh, myself that does tasting. There's another uh, lady here that is very good at bourbon tasting. She does it, taste everything that I do. And uh, then if we see something that we're wondering about, we'll bring in maybe a dozen more people to taste something. Cool. And y'all said y'all agree about 80% of the time? Yeah. On the, on uh, the lady and I agree about 80% of the time. We both see the same things in bourbons. A lot of times that I don't think we see eye to eye. I think it's just kind of a gender thing. Maybe she tastes something that uh, a man wouldn't taste or I taste something she wouldn't taste. I think, too, like it's interesting. Uh, a lot of the women, females, are starting to enjoy bourbon because these Master these mixologists and cocktails. They're coming out with these great concoctions with bourbon, and I've seen the females really start to. It's just not a men's drink anymore. Yeah, that that's kind of surprised me that the women have have, have taken on to the bourbon. It really does. Yeah, it, it's they can they can mask it. I guess the stuff that, but they really bring out like the old fashioned stuff. You know, bring out the you know the sweetness and stuff. I think and the women really enjoy that stuff. Um, so like. Through you know that process, I think you said you started about in the early eighties. Um, you know, back to it, I kind of started out in processing. Like I said, I got interested in the quality control and did taste tests before I got involved in the the quality control to make sure I had the ability to taste and see the difference in ages. I mean, most anybody can, most anybody that can, is good at bourbon, you can set a four year and a ten year out in front of them, most everybody's going to see the difference in it. Right. I mean, there's that, that drastic of an age. Right. So basically what you look like, look at when you taste a four-year-old, it's not going to be as mature as a seven-year-old, but you look for it to make sure it's not too hot. It's, it's not green tasting is another word for it. A uh, young bourbon, if it's not aged well, we'll, we'll have a green taste, what we call a green taste. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, obviously we're in a big boom right now. Um, you, how do you? Why do you think that is, and how long do you think it? You think it's going to last? I've seen in the thirty some years I've been here, it's been up and down a few times. Uh, I think it is. A lot of people, all these micro distilleries, jumping into it. Uh, I hope it booms well because <laughs> a lot of people are jumping into the business. Seems like it. It's not made in Kentucky. It kind of takes that special story about you know what bourbon is or whatever. So we'll see how it goes with these. Yeah. Uh, micro distilleries. I hope, it's, I hope it stays booming, but you never know. Uh, vodka's kind of on the down down climb now, decline now, and the bourbon's on the boom. Right. Well, I guess in the eighties and nineties it was on the reverse. Bourbon was down and vodka right. was kind of up. So I guess you just people will get bored. I guess <laughs> want something different all the time. So but I think bourbon's always going to be a staple. I mean, it might be you know like the the flavored vodkas or a rush. You know, with the young people. But bourbon has always been stable with uh, the adult society, I guess I would say. That, you know, uh, my father drank bourbon. That's all he drank all his life. You know, that's the only drink that he drank. Right. You, you've got those people that are, that's, that's their drink. It's going to be their drink throughout their life. Right. Always, we've asked our guests, what, when, what was their first experience with bourbon? So tell us about yours. First experience with bourbon? Yeah. Ah. Uh, 
I, I guess really the first bourbon I ever drank, even before I started working here, was was Evan Williams. Evan Williams, you know, gotcha. Black was that in your dad's liquor cabinet Black or Redford. something? <laughs> Evan Hill, actually Evan Hill Green Label, six-year, 90, was in my dad's liquor cabinet. I think I had the same exact thing. Whatever was in my dad's liquor cabinet, I could sneak out in yeah. high school or whatever. Six-year, 90, Green Label, Evan Hill was what I saw at home. Yeah. Um, and my father still drinks to this day. He's 97 years old, and he, he drank... Drinks Evan Williams Green, six-year 90 still, but he buys Evan Williams Black also. It's a good choice. Um, how do you drink it now, That if you're not tasting it, if you're enjoying it? I like anything from probably 7 to 12-year-old. Okay. 7 to 12-year-old is my, what I like best. Gotcha. Why do you, Why is that? The 7-year-old, that's the good mature 12-year-old up to 12-year-old. Uh, it's, it's not too much of the barrel. Of course, when you're dealing with the older stuff, the, the, the single barrels that are like our 23-year-old, uh, Elijah Craig 23-year-old, uh, I like it. I'm the one that tastes it, and I do like it, but I don't like as much of the barrel taste that you get with the older bourbons. Gotcha. So it's, my personal his favorite is 7 to 12-year-old. Gotcha. It seems like the older stuff and the special releases, you know, the are really taking off and like there's even a secondary market for for because a shortage of the the products but uh i know parker's is a really big hit and uh william the william heaven hill which is hard to find i think you can only buy it here uh, center, yes. but it, i guess as people's palates get more advanced they're really enjoying the barrel proofs and the the higher age stuff yeah the parker's heritage is kind of interesting because we do something different with it every year and i've always been fond of all of those okay. and, uh, Every year we do a Parker's Heritage collection, and it may be a weeded bourbon. It may be a 12-year-old regular rye bourbon, uh, just different things each year. The marketing kind of comes up with something, and Parker kind of gives his idea of what he'd like to do on the next Heritage collection. And we go out and pull barrels from the warehouse that he, he's interested in. Gotcha. One thing, too, I like about your all's operation, it seems like y'all are in the forefront of what's coming because I think you all are one of the first people to do a tour, uh, the Heritage Center, to do tours and open up the distillery, kind of bring that, like, winery feel to it, you know. Well, and, everybody's pretty much had visitor centers, but uh, when we built the Heritage Center in, in, here in Bardstown, uh, it was a really nice one, and everybody's kind of followed suit. And now we've got the Evan Williams Bourbon Experience in Louisville, which is really a Really a wonderful visitor experience. Yeah, it's really nice. If you haven't checked that out, you got to go. It's uh, it's not like coming here because here you get to see you know the warehouses and you know everything. But downtown's cool. It gives you the you know the vibe and feel of being in a distillery. But it, it's and the tasting is always good. So um, I, I re highly recommend uh, visiting that. So uh, you know I really appreciate you taking the time and giving us kind of an insider's look, uh, you know, to Heaven Hill here. Do you all have any, like, are you all working on any experimental stuff or, like, uh, any special releases you can talk about? Or Of course we are. <laughs> not, I can't talk about not, it. <laughs> I hear you. I understand that. I understand that. Well, Mike, I really appreciate you taking the time, and, uh, you know, I'm a big Heaven Hill fan, so we'll, we'll keep buying it, keep you in business. So thanks okay. a lot for your time. Nice talking to you. All right.